United States submarine base at Key West, Florida. A dispatch that quoted President Truman's press secretary, Charles Cross, as saying that President Truman has no knowledge of any secret project by this government that would give substance to the existence of such objects. Cross also said that both the Air Force and the Navy deny that such objects <laughs> He's so efficient. Okay, so, um, hey, what's up? My name's Noelle, and I am, you know what I am? I'm a little what, upset what you? today. I'm a little oh, upset no. today. Really? Why? Tell me. Yeah. Well, two things. The first one is that I bought a portable air conditioning unit, like a legitimate, like, $300 one I've for my bedroom. Things. Yeah, I've heard good things about them. Yeah, um, but it came today when it's like 75 degrees and breezy versus like when I wanted it to come when it was, you know, 102. That's the first thing I'm mad about. Okay. The second thing I'm mad about is this. I don't even want to say the name. This podcast that I really liked. Um, (laughs) They uh, broke up and... um, it's very, yeah. it's very, someone whose name rhymes with fish. It's very their fault and they're being horrifically cruel. And like, I'm not the type of man to say, you know, like I get triggered. This triggers me, blah, blah, blah. Like, I understand that people have triggers and that's very important, but like, I don't feel that way ever about anything. Like you can talk about the most horrific things that have ever happened to me and in my life and it doesn't bother me. But, sure. but. She was being so manipulative and gaslighty. Like when there is literal recorded footage, video, evidence, and screenshots proving that she's lying. And she's like, it was, oh, it was, this was the first time in my life I said, this is triggering me. And I meant it because it was like watching someone bold face lie when there's evidence and you're just like, oh. I, do you know what I mean? I genuinely felt I, this is how, you know, I was so mad. You want to know what I did? I was Mm. watching, um, they, they put out a fucking three part series, which we should just call like the gaslight chronicles, but, um, fucking gaslight naming queen up in here doing laps. So they posted these videos. I watched I, I was like scrolling through them mentally. I couldn't do it. I get to a certain point in the video where she calls the person the, who I would say is the victim in this situation um, bigoted against Christians and anti-vaxxers. Keep in mind this person, has done, this person has done nothing but love this person screaming and even in the heat of everything have been gracious and kind. And oh, I, Chelsea, I got up, okay? Picture this. I'm working on my laptop. You know what I mean? We work from home. Yeah, I've yeah, got yeah. my phone propped up and I've got my AirPods in. Okay? Watching that and working. That part happens. Maybe I put my shoes on. I sl- throw my feet in my slip-on vans. I go out the door. I take. I do a lap. I do a lap around the block. I. It was so... You were so upset that you exercised on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, I did a I did a blow run around the fucking block because I didn't know what to do with my anger because I didn't want to talk about it online. I didn't want to start discourse on Twitter or TikTok. I just didn't like. I didn't want to because it's so bad. I got up, baby, and I ran. I ran. That's how fucking mad I was, dude. 
that's that is mad like yeah you so for those who don't know i don't know why you're not just saying it's frenemies with trish paytas um (laughs) but uh yeah so i didn't really know much about it but you really went off about how great she was on our patreon episode and now you have egg on your face going up this week um actually tonight part one you're reading but the thing is is like even when i was telling you guys i was like we have also introduced yourself oh hey i'm chelsea uh my back hurts that's who you are today you're chelsea and your back hurts yeah how does your back hurt dude because i'm carrying fucking partner support on my back (laughs) (laughs) i thought you were gonna have a real a real reason um Uh, the real reason bad posture Okay, fair, 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 fair. You should get a back brace. Um, but anyway, I was telling you that we, the person whose name rhymes with fish, Fresh Paytas, yes. We, <laughs> we essentially created an internet tulpa. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. We, yeah. sh- they are the, f- the, f- brainchild of the internet they are almost like forrest gump internet version every semi-historical pop culture moment from the early 2000s to current for whatever fucking reason has trisha no, oh damn i said it i want to has her has yeah. them pardon um in in it some way somehow and if you don't believe me look it up Literally from like Eminem's music video to parties at the Playboy Mansion to fucking Robin Williams. I'm telling you, they've been everywhere. Um, Right. And by Tulpa, I mean that they are a reflection of everything that is, with peace and love, wrong about the internet and internet culture and pop culture online, I would say. If you don't even know who they are, you've seen them have a full-blown mental breakdown in their kitchen filming on what looks like a Motorola Razor, a two-hour video completely unedited. Like, they are eccentric and a true unhinged mirror back on internet culture. And... I feel like we all mentally created her, them, yeah. and um, that's why they're a tulpa. Like, and unfortunately, a, a evil once again now. Um, they got into a family and got into a partnership with someone who I think is the greatest example of being, like, coming from the beginnings of early YouTube back when it was like cringy and inappropriate and problematic, realizing that learning, admitting wrongs, doing better, educating, like that is what H3 is now. Like when I first started watching H3 and their videos, they were like edgelord shit. And then they started to realize that like the extremist right was like reaching out to them and like, you're one of us. And they were like, oh, no, 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 no. And did a lot of like moments of learning, moments of reflection and admittance of guilt and not just saying, but also doing of like being better. And in this, they found the person whose name sounds like fish. And because of that relationship, I hate you, Uh because Uh of that relationship, they took this 
kind of evil, horrifically problematic internet tulpa and said, we love you. We want to see you thrive. And they were. Truly. And then this big blow up happened. Yeah. And they have, and even in the midst of it, dude, as they're fucking, and it's a family thing now because that person is marrying um, Trish Paytas. Yes. He's marrying Ethan's brother in law. Right. And so this is family and business. And if you want to say the business is over, that's fine. You can say that online and then you take that family shit offline. These people right. have saved her life and they have made one of the most hated people online one of the most lovable and truly powerful, but together. And I fucking mean that. And when that person posted a video dragging H3, everyone, all of them, I was like, no way, no way. And then Ethan responded with truly the most like sincere, apathetic, apologetic, even though he didn't have to be, even though this person had just like ripped him to shreds, his wife to shreds, his crew to shreds for ridiculous ass bullshit, right? Still mm-hmm. being a fucking gentleman. And then their response to that gentlemanly kind video, like Ethan was like, you know, despite everything, Trish is still one of the funniest people, you know, like lover, like learn so much from her, blah, blah, blah. You know, don't be sad that it's gone. Be happy because it happened or whatever, you know, like literally being one of the kindest people on earth. They make this three part series video today. And just it's, uh, I was like, you are truly irredeemable trash. Like I, (laughs) I, I, there were so many moments where they, could have just let word vomit and shit come out of their mouth and then taken the L of the slightest bit of accountability and it it had been fine. And then they literally physically, mentally could not refuse to and put on one of the most insane spectacles of textbook definition manipulation and gaslighting i have ever fucking seen and it has enraged me with the flame of a million suns and i truly fucking mean that like i muted that person's name and the podcast name like on everything i don't want to fucking see it like log off baby log off you know that's first off it's so surprising because just for those of you who don't know Noelle went off about Trish Paytas. Remember, we're talking about Trish Paytas and her <laughs> frenemies podcast, uh, saying like how reformed she is, mm-hmm. and look yeah. what happened. I and I'm still trying to chew on that because, ah, uh, it's it's tough. You know what I mean? Yeah. And this is like. When, when Trish has been a little back and forth, the kind yeah. of way to put it, or her it, entire quote unquote career. Yeah, but like this is the first time she's been, they've been sober 
and admitting wrongs that they've done in the past because a true narcissist can't even really do that. You know what I mean? But Mm -hmm. I mean, technically, if you read between the lines, they can if they think it's like will cause other people to think that they're sincere because it's mirroring of human emotion, blah, 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 blah. Right. But I wasn't getting that vibe from them. I was like, they are really, truly trying to be better. And there's also some shit here I'm purposely leaving out because it's just going to like it's the discourse is horrendous because, you know, in trying to defend herself and make Ethan look bad, they posted some text message screenshots on Twitter where they describes themselves as like in regards to money as being Jewy. And um, it always comes you know, down to the Jews, man. Yeah. And fucking Ethan always. is um, Jewish, and his wife is a Jewish Israeli, and her brother's Jewish Israeli, who is, you know, Trisha's um, soon to be husband. And every time Trish says like inappropriate, kind of derogatory terms about Jewish people, you know, Ethan is always trying to correct her. And so, like, everyone thought she was doing better, but then you see this, and it's like, oh, no, you're, you're still literally, you're still literally that. And I guess that's that's the part that hurts is, like... Yeah, that she's actually, like... She's either a piece of shit, or she needs to be fucking institutionalized. Well, either she's way going, or they're going to therapy, like... Wait, is it they, them? Yeah, they, them. Okay, they, them, my bad. Um, I know, I'm so, I'm so bad at it because Trisha's gender fluid and sometimes they present as a um, more masculine, sometimes as more feminine, but um, I don't think... Yeah, but um, it's just... You know why it upsets me so much? Because, because you were in her their corner rooting for him. Yeah, it was very much that we were rooting for you. But also, like, I know people, and this is this is I think why it kills me the most, is I know people, not just one, like two people that I know personally who have been in my life who are the Trish Paytas of wherever they're from. Like they mm-hmm. are manipulative pathological liars narcissists like but they cosplay as doing better and getting well and getting help and sometimes you believe it and you're like because they show what you think is sincerity and growth but then when you peel back the layers if you were to look at their actual conversations with people if you were to look at the you know if you were to lift up the sheet if you will you would see that they're actually still a garbage fucking person and that's they just cling on to people who are truly good to almost mirror good intention good behavior and that's what i saw with trish and i for a second thought maybe she's different maybe because she or i should say maybe because she was able to do this there's hope for other people like her who can change can be better can admit where they were wrong and can actually improve and i really thought that was her and it gave me a slight bit of hope for the other people i know who are like that um and then when she lifted up they lifted up the covers and you saw that it was still just a, you know, maggot infested, bad personality. I was like, damn. Okay. I think that you were like putting your real life emotions onto Trish. If I were to diagnose, what is it? Transference. (laughs) If I were to diagnose you, I would say that you weren't seeing Trish. You were seeing this person in your life. 
hoping that they can be better. And you know what? Sometimes people are just trash. They've always been. And it's not trash, like, economically, but trash down to the fucking soul, man. They are just shit inside and out. And they can do their best, and we'll root for them every time. But now and then, Mm -hmm. like, the text messages come out, and you see the Jewy comments, and you know, like, oh, like, this person's not worth my time anymore. Yeah, they are not good. And it sucks. It sucks. Because, like, even Trish was you know, admitting to, like, things that she did in the past that were wrong and, like, how she knows now and how it affected people. And she even, they even went on the record and were like, mental illness isn't an excuse to be a shitty person. I know that. And then, you know, insert the fucking it, music here, you know, because it's like, yeah. what the what the fuck do you call it? It's just, I don't know. I I was rooting for her. And it just, I don't want to call it confirmation bias, but it confirmed everything that I had already thought. Yeah. You wished it into existence or the universe was like, don't be happy for her. Don't yeah. be happy for them. And then uh, it punished you for believing in Trish. Mm-hmm. And overall, your believing, believing that shitty people can be better. You yeah. can always hope, but at how many times, yeah, how many times you got to get burned till you're like, Okay. <laughs> yep. This is just who you are fundamentally and how exhausting your life must be that you have to work tirelessly to just be semi decent sometimes. Um but anyway, that's genuinely why I'm mad. Um and uh yeah, I it became such a routine for me and now not having that, I irritated. Um but you know, he's in love. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's all you can do. Yep. Yep, and I if anyone likes uh, Frenemies podcast, just don't watch any of it, dude. Don't, like, not the podcast, like, the breakdown that Trish is having. I promise you, it's just, like, it will literally make you sick. It's truly some of the most horrific uh, gaslighting I've ever seen in my life. It's incredible. Um, but, yeah. Anyway, so Chelsea's going to be carrying this episode because mentally and emotionally, I am fucking dead today. Hey, you carried last week's episode. Waxes and wings, man. I know you said your back hurts, but get ready for this hard carry. (laughs) My knees hurt, too. Um, I wonder if a storm's coming in. Probably. You know, after things break, you start sensing if a storm comes in or not. Wait till your 30s, bish. I know it. You literally like your, for me, it's my hands. My knuckles will start to swell. Um, Uh, Love that for me. Oh, also we derailed on Trish. Um, We wanted to, uh, we submitted bios for special guest announcements. And um, mine is a mishmash of um, like listener recommendations. And yours is a generated one, a bot generated one. It's bot generated with some like something slightly edited. Okay, let me hear um, yours. Okay. Chelsea Bloomfield is a diligent and impulsive person who experienced <laughs> a life without troubles until the great storm of 2012. It was here that she and her beloved sidekick Puffin braved the outlandish world and sought vengeance for this cruel existence's actions in the past. With her corgi by her side, she began to professionally review comic books and pro wrestling for Bleeding Cool 
and co-host a top 10 in its class podcast, Chelsea and Noel go to ne- go to hell. Are you going to say not, Netflix? <laughs> yeah, I almost did. If not hosting Utah's longest running graphic novel book club, Chelsea spends her free time complaining that her knees hurt and eating cheese sticks. That's it. That's what it is. That's it. it can only be a hundred words, bish. Yeah, well, I didn't realize you were just going to end it on a high note like that. <laughs> Eating cheese sticks? I wanted to do it and yelling Avengers Assemble, but I thought that was trying too hard. That but was you know trying what? too hard. That's too cringe. I'm so glad you didn't. That Chelsea spends her free time complaining that her knees hurt. Timely. And eating cheese sticks. I don't want the vegans to hate me. Yeah, maybe um, I didn't. Maybe change that to like carrots and hummus. Then you sound like a a cool, a cool health guy. Eating, and eating hummus. Spends her free time complaining that her knees hurt and eating hummus. Save fruit roll-ups. Everyone likes fruit roll-ups. Ah, oh, fruit by the fucking foot, man. Whatever, same diff. Yeah, They're yeah, both yeah, vegan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta delicious. make sure it's spelled the right way because that's one of those um, yeah, you don't those Mandela it. effects, you know, where we think yeah. we know. It's true. Oh, it's just you don't want to get uh, gatekeeped by the fruit by the foot community. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm still not sold on it. I mean, um, it feels like it needs to hit the editing floor. Yeah. Well, there was another one um, that was fully generated that I got from a different site. Let me and hear I that really one. See it. if that's better. Um, with Chelsea, there's more that meets the eye. Not surprising <laughs> for somebody with her disturbing past. She was born yeah. and grew up in a decent family in a developing capital where she lived in peace until she was 16 years old. But at that what point, is with this, like took a turn for the worst. What is with this? The big storm and now a tragic moment. Oh, okay. oh, so the backstory generator I did, I did an unfortunate description instead of a fortunate description. That's fair. Okay. Oh. Um, she accidentally maimed somebody during the great drought and was initiated into a gang. This feels like current day, honestly. But, yeah. but with her capability and persistence, she managed to keep ahead of the curve and battle the elements. This has turned into the, her into the woman she is today. Having finally found some peace of mind, she now works on buying a house. By doing so, she <laughs> hopes to find vengeance for the actions in the past and finally find some joy and comfort in the life she's never <laughs> had. I mean, it had good parts. It's better than the other one. Um, maybe you should just do like a Mad Lib. Maybe do okay, a let's Mad, do mad lib, lib. Mad. Then, yeah, do like a Mad Lib, but enter mad in actual lib. like facts about you that okay, you Okay, origin generator. Yeah. Let's just do one real quick and see if I can okay. find one. Yeah, like because I feel like I like the chaos of the generated one, but I need some actual facts about you. Right, 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 right. Um, so mad lib origin generator. Here, I'll read you mine because it's already submitted. Read it. it. The final, final girl, future cult leader and fairy pog mother. Noelle can be heard on the weekly podcast, Chelsea and Noelle go to hell, a place for deviants, nerds, and the occasional conspiracy theorist. Overall, a bad gamer, mediocre cosplayer and late night film reviewer. That's it. This is way better. Um, Let me see if I can find like a. Here's a superhero one. Yeah, the superhero one. Okay, how you got your superpowers? Sometimes, and I hate to say this because I know you wanted to say Avengers Assemble. Sometimes, 
referencing superheroes in a bio or a descriptor about you is too Steve core for me. You're not wrong. Um, I definitely like kind of cringed when I did it. Um, okay. Just wanted to make sure you knew. It's just like, yeah, I understand you have an impressive collection of Funko Pops surrounding your office desk. You're very cool. I don't have any Funko Pops surrounding my f- office desk, first of all. How dare you? Well, it sure um, sounds like it. It does sound you. like it, and that's what I was worried about. about. What I if mean, it's like... like you do kind of like you get so close to Steve Core sometimes. I know. I'm not even like afraid of it. Like, like Steve Core, you know, like okay, let's let's dial down a little bit. You know how like there's that dad who wears the Nike Monarchs and then he goes to the store and he's like, must be free. Yeah. But he still fucks. Yeah. Yeah. That's like I'm the Nike monarch wearing dad. With like my cutoffs, and I feel like I'm still cool, but yeah, like I am can't. still cool because I can get it. But I mean, in terms of having a clue, not good. Yeah. No, um, not a single one. Oh yeah, that is, that is. You know, that's a good submission. No one brought in. No one brought that to the table. That Steve Core is also not being able to find the price tag on something and going. Guess it's free then. <laughs> yep. But I know, but I know good, well enough to not do it, but I carry, you know, I could be Steve Core. I just really felt like I was being attacked that whole time, except for when it got into like the being a piece of shit, um, like a Steve Core will like <laughs> roofie a girl's drink and then act like the good guy when he takes her home and doesn't rape her. That's very Steve Core. That is very um, Steve Core. Yeah. Steve is also um, constantly, you know, he's got a Believe All Women sticker on the back of his Subaru Impreza, but he's constantly putting all of his um, female coworkers in an HR meeting because they dress too revealing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So. Or he tells girls to smile so they'll be prettier. Very Steve Core. Very Steve Core. I'm who's Steve But then he'll go like, he'll go just kidding. Be like, you should smile more. Just kidding. haha. Because yeah. he knows. Steve Core is like aware, but he's still... Yeah gets in there um yeah i think you are steve core looks at you as like the holy grail you know they see you unironically wearing a you know captain america t-shirt dude yeah that's that's the thing though on paper i might look steve core and then someone will come up to me and they'll try to flex and then i'll flex back and i will bust the fuck out of my Captain America shirt. Because yeah, that's they don't the only know, thing. Motherfucker yeah. works out with knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I might change it and say I was actually born in Antarctica and then keep oh, everything Jesus. else pretty mild and okay. just say I'm like the great-great-granddaughter of Admiral Byrd. I think you should say that. Who's going to fact check it? No one. But the internet? God. Exactly. Um, exactly. Just like saying yeah. you graduated college on a resume, no one fucking checks it. So you might as well say it. Dude, that's like, it's just, it's worth more than actually going to college because you still have that tuition money in your back pocket. Yeah, unless you're, you know, like me and you went and you still paid, but yeah, you didn't same. get the degree you wanted. Um, I went and I got a liberal arts degree, so basically didn't go. Yeah, basically just took some money and lit it on fire. Um, 
and it the fire didn't even keep you warm. Honestly, the fire burned you. So same. Yeah. I also got a liberal arts degree. Um, yeah. but I did get a certification in technical writing. So that nice. certification that I paid out like two hundred dollars out of pocket for um has done more for me in my career than my entire college education. Yeah. Uh, all four years of it. But you know, <laughs> Woo! Love higher Dude. education. It's totally not a scam. This hurts my heart. What are we talking about today? We talking yeah, about something let's nice? Get into it. Let's do it. All right. Um, okay. Let's go on a journey to seventeen sixty one. That's one seven six one. The governor. Is there a reason you needed to say that? Like it? No, that? I just wanted to segue it better because we didn't segue into the topic at all. Hey, speaking here's, of things that are useless, here's what my degree was good for: five pages of research for the podcast episode tonight. Hey, I think that's a really good segue. It is. Yeah, it is because, uh, man, all I did was write papers in college, and all I do is write papers in adulthood, and like <laughs> both of them, I get paid for neither. But let's Same. fucking do this. <laughs> let's fucking go. Yeah. Woo! So, 1761, the governor of New Hampshire named Benning Wentworth haphazardly drew out the boundaries. Wentworth. Oh my god. 8675. No. Wait, what is it? Called JG Wentworth. 86 Eight seven six cash now. You I know have your structured <laughs> settlement and a new cash now. Call JG. Edit this part out. Anyway, no. <laughs> so a man named Benning Wentworth haphazardly drew out the boundaries of a town on a map in a small isolated location in West Vermont and called it Glastonbury. Now Wentworth had a bad habit of just kind of flinging boundaries onto a map and then claiming it was like a quote unquote promised land to, to the people of the new world. Sounds um, familiar. And he actually never went to any of these locations to see if it was actually true. Then okay. what he would do is he would, you know, after he would drop these maps, he would then set up land grants on them and bam, he would become very, very, very rich. Um, so what happened with Glastonbury is that it was sold to the settlers of the New World at the time as a utopia where they could work the land, get a better life, and be free from the tyrannies of the old world, um, so to speak. And people were desperate for that opportunity. I mean, that's why people came to America and still come to America in the first place. Um, but settlers came to the location completely unaware that Benning had sold them on a complete and utter lie. So. Where they were sold, uh, what they were sold on was the ability to mine and log the land. Essentially, they were just like, hey, you can work here. The land is good for working. You and your family can work here forever and establish real roots. But what it really was was treacherous terrain surrounded by impossibly steep inclines, which made it nearly impossible for them to transport the resources they were trying to exploit, which was coal and lumber. And the land was so... I didn't, they used up the land so hard that eventually even the topsoil was used up. And this so, literally sounds like when the Mormons came to Utah. Yeah. So they came in and destroyed it. was a it. promised land and it was a shithole. Exactly. And then they just basically uh, drained all of the resources that they possibly could. And once that happened, um, the people in Glastonbury tried to tour, like turn it into a tourist location. Um, 
But as we know now, where there comes like excessive logging, there also comes the obvious downside, which is flooding. Um, so in fact, a flood in the late 1800s was so devastating to Glastonbury that it essentially closed down the town for good. And just before this flood occurred, the town was also plagued with strange sightings and occurrences that began to seriously affect the population that lived there. Um, oh, good. Strange we, sightings. Love when that happens. Yep. So according to medium.com, quote, in 1892, a 38-year-old jobber from Eagle Square Sawmill. Oh, John what? Crowley, a jobber. He just does his job. He's a jobber. Just his- <laughs> I'm a jobber. jobber. You're a jobber. I would love to be a jobber. I'm so excited about that. I just want a jobber with a li- living wage. <laughs> Good um, luck, baby. That's yeah, what, right. that, that's not a jobber. That doesn't exist. It's a that's a true mythical creature scene. It's true, yeah. The the jobber existing is more likely than what we're gonna get to at the end of this episode. I Less fucking likely. believe that. So, this thirty eight year old guy from the sawmill, John Crowley, was bludgeoned with a rock by a fellow mill worker named Henry McDowell. Ooh, and do be like that. It do. And, you know, I could bludgeon a few people throughout my day, but I work remote, so we're solving problems. Yeah. Um, and no one is certain what led to the murder, but local historians agree that both men had been drinking heavily and arguing the previous night. But it wasn't until after um, Crowley uh, was dead that the guy who killed him, um, McDowell, hopped on a train and attempted to flee to Canada. Also, but- the fact that his name was Crowley, sus. I mean, Crowley was murdered. Yeah, that's still a sus name. Being murdered? It would be more sus if he was the one who killed. Something happened, and it's sus. Something happened. Very sus. Um, So McDowell kills him, hops town, like, skips town and goes to Canada. And he later turns himself over to South Norwalk, Connecticut authorities, and confesses to the murder. And McDowell was declared insane after complaining that, quote, voices in his head, um caused him to commit the murder, and so the judge ordered him to serve out his sentence in the Vermont State Asylum. Uh, have you McDowell, ever thought, have you ever thought, when people say voices in their head, I guess here's what I'm trying to ask. Do you have an inner monologue sometimes? 100%. So, isn't that just the voice in your head? Yeah. So, like, he was like, he thought about it and then did it, and then tried to blame it on the voices in his head? Yeah, isn't that kind of like a fail-safe? Because you could hook me up to a lie detector, and I would be like, the voices in my head told me to do it. But the voices in my head are really just my inner monologue, so. Yeah. Uh, You know. Unrelated, I did read a thing on Reddit where a girl said that one of her friends was having, like, voices in her heads thing, and it took a lot of money until her psychiatrist was finally like, are you just talking about, like, hearing yourself think? And the girl straight up didn't, wasn't aware that we all have an internal monologue and she caused herself to stress out so fucking bad about her internal monologue that she thought she was crazy. (laughs) She thought she was just a body with no internal thoughts. Oh my God. That is actually incredible. Also, I hope everyone listening right now knows that it's, it's very normal to have an internal monologue. 100% normal. If you don't, maybe that's when you should be worried and see a therapist. I don't often, uh, but I'd like to zone out. I'm real good at it. Um, According to TikTok that I'm now an expert at, that means I have disassociative identity disorder. 
I don't think I do. But TikTok says yes, because apparently if you zone out even once, you've got the worst of the worst. (laughs) Then as far as I'm concerned, I'm like fucking a floating vessel just drifting around the world. I zone out so hard. It's almost a profession of mine. It's almost a jobber. I'm the jobber of zoning out. Like sometimes I'll go to blink after a good zone out and like my eyelids get stuck. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever asked you this before. Have you ever looked in a mirror too long and then got freaked out? Yeah. Or have you ever looked at something so long that like your vision goes out? Like you just hard stare and your eyes are like, your brain's like time to turn off and everything goes black, but your eyes are open. Yep. A thousand percent that a thousand percent that. Yeah. Sometimes I'll look at a fucking, uh, I'll look in a mirror and I'll see my reflection and I'll start really thinking about what I'm looking at. And then I go, wow, what's that? Is that me? Who's that? Right. And I have to like, sometimes I look at words and I'm like, that's not a word, but the word will be welcome. And my brain's like, you've never seen that before in your life. And I'm all freaked out. Like, what the fuck? I know it's a word. When you say a word or something. Well, I actually did this recently. There was a word I was tripping out on. Crayon. 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 (laughs) Crayon. Well, you're saying it wrong. So that sucks for you. (laughs) But yeah, crayon. I said crayon and I was like, "Hmm, is that real? (laughs) Oh, God. This moment. That's just the drugs. (laughs) Yeah, probably. I just just see you like hard sweating, rocking back and forth (laughs) in the bathroom while staring at yourself, and you're just like, crayon, crayon. (laughs) You're so close to the truth. Um, Okay. (laughs) Anyway, speaking of disassociating. Okay, anyway. He killed someone and went to an asylum. Went to an asylum. Fucking escaped. Five years after he escaped, a second murder would occur within the Bennington Triangle. And it was the first day of deer season, deer season, and 40-year-old John Harbour, a prominent Woodford citizen, set out to Bickford Hollow in hopes of shooting down a buck. Instead, Harbour himself was shot dead. And when his body was discovered, it appeared that he had been dragged several yards from where the shooting had taken place and left beneath a cedar tree, where he slowly bled out with his fully loaded rifle beside him. Now, although the murder would come as a shock to the community, police never located any suspects, and the unsolved murder of John Harper would long been forgotten. And Glastonbury began with a lie, and it's been cursed ever since. These are the two most boring murder-slash-deaths that we're going to talk about today. <laughs> okay. Boring, dare I say. Fucking okay. church talk. Okay. Um, So in 1996, an author named Joseph Citro wrote in his book called Passing Strange, True Tales of New England's Hauntings and Horrors, that not even the Native Americans, who for centuries called the mountain home, would even dare to set foot in the wilderness unless they were burying their dead. And despite people often dismissing these kinds of stories for like fun fairy tales, there is definitely something going on in Glastonbury Mountain, which causes the winds to literally come from all different directions and for the plants to grow at odd angles not seen in the same species in the surrounding Probably area. because of the winds. Maybe. Pushing, um, yeah, that's or literally... Or murder. No. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get a botanist on this, on this show, eh? Um, but there's also Native American reports about strange events, like lights in the sky moving, unlike stars, to giant cryptids looming in the woods, and for all intents and purposes, it really sounds like the region has either been plagued with UFOs or Bigfoot sightings since America's first settlers. 
And one of the legends from the Algonquin tribe warn of a stone in the mountain, which will open up and devour anyone who happens to step on it. They also speak okay. of the terrible people. Yeah, the stone. Um, the, the people, the whole stone. The ominous stone. Uh, I can't think of a way to make that sound funny. Um, you tried. So anyway, yeah, I did. <laughs> I tried, barely. Uh, so they also speak of a terrible people who had rolled themselves in the sand until their bodies also became hard like stone. They would then lure people into the hollow of the woods before stoning them to death for no reason other than the thrill of the kill. And according to obscure Vermont, um, sometime in the early 19th century, a stagecoach full of passengers were making their way over the mountains near Glastonbury, near present-day Route 9 in Woodford. It was well past dark and a violent rainstorm was washing out the road. The rain was coming down so hard it soon forced the driver to slow down to a crawl as the thunder cracked in the night sky. Things became so bad that the driver eventually came to a complete stop in the dark and wet mountain wilderness. As he hopped down from his perch with the lantern to get a good idea of the situation, he noticed something peculiar, peculiar illuminated by lantern light. There were unfamiliar footprints in the mud just ahead of him. And the rain hadn't washed them away just yet, so they had to be fresh tracks, the driver reckoned. His observations revealed that the tracks were widely spaced, suggesting that whatever had made them was tremendous in size. Tremendous. Tremendous. Uh, He noticed the horses were beginning to get spooked, but he just couldn't stop thinking about those tracks. What made them? And he soon hollered back to the passengers and asked for their opinions. At this point, the horses were going wild, which was spooking the driver. That meant that something was sulking nearby, and it just might be what made those tracks. As the passengers began to step out, something dealt a savage blow to the side of the carriage. Now all the passengers scrambled out of the carriage, completely terrified. The blows kept coming until the whole thing tumbled over on its side. The quivering passengers and the driver huddled together in the dark, the rain stinging their faces. Then the creature came into view. Though it was almost impossible to see, two large eyes could be made. Yeah, always. It's always dark. Always. It's always dark. You always can't see it. Two large eyes could be made out staring at them, and a vague detail described the brazen creature, roughly as eight feet tall and hairy, before it shambled back into the woods. Question. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this is just a me thing, but I feel like I've never looked at someone and been like, I know exactly how tall you are. I don't know if that's like an innate skill or maybe just something that I never picked up on or I'm comfortable with, but I, you know, whenever people talk yeah. about, like they give descriptions, they're always fairly specific about people's height or, or a creature's height. And I'm like, I could not, I don't fucking know. I don't know what that looks like. Do you, in photos, that- in photos, I can't tell. Like if somebody was like Kim Kardashian's like six, four, I'd be like, yeah. And so like, she's five, one. Yeah. Because I only ever see him in photos. Yeah. I think in real life, if it was bigger than you, then you would like definitely note it. Uh, yeah, but like, I guess this is, I guess this is really what's popping out. I guess this is the trueness of it all is that because I am of average or what some haters might say is below average height. Yeah, because I'm average height. Everything you know. is taller than me. And so right. I just have no concept of people's height. Yeah. So me as an actual average height female in this world. Uh, I would not say, I would not. How tall are you? Five, seven. Five six. That's not. 
that's not average. That is 100% average. No. Average no. height of the American woman. Yeah, average. look it up. It's not I, average. I'm uh, average. Yeah. I'm 5'4". I think average woman, is Woman, 5'4 is not average, you short-ass <laughs> bitch. <laughs> oh, fuck. As of 2016, the average height for American women is 5'4". <laughs> <laughs> you feel stupid now. You feel so... I'm so embarrassed for you. <laughs> hey, man. Gotta be above bitch. average in something. Might as well I be my height. You. I fucking told you. Um, That's what I'm saying. Dude, I've been fucking saying this, and no one believes me. Everyone around me is tall. You're it tall. So Ari's tall. Taylor's tall. And they're like, no, we're not. And I'm like, you are. <laughs> I, feel, I feel average because I very rarely find too many women who are shorter than me, but I find tons of women who are, like, my height. Well, y'all giants well, out here. I think I would agree that if it, they were in the five-something-something something, You'd be like, I don't know what fucking height they are. If that's an eight foot tall bastard, you'd be like, he was tall as fuck, at least eight feet tall. I, I would say he he's tall as fuck. Out. That was it. That would yeah. be like, he's tall as fuck. I have literally, I have no fucking concept of like what super tall is. Like, you know no what I mean? depth perception. You can't yeah. perceive the depth. Okay. Well, don't no. drive at night. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Good. Um, so anyway, the, they dubbed this thing the Bennington Monster. Um, let me put my glasses back on so I can yeah, you blind my yeah, old age. Yeah. I'm blind and tall. Yeah, I got it all. Okay. So it's f- always fun to talk about myths and rumors that turn something into a spoopy ghost town. Um, but there definitely is something going on in this area, which has now earned it a secondary and sinister title as the Bennington Triangle. And much like its big sister, the Bermuda, the Bermuda Triangle, something seriously unexplainable is going on in Glastonbury, which has led to the inexplicable disappearances of at least five people. I'm going to get it. Like, five doesn't sound like a lot. But let's start reading some of the circumstances surrounding these. And keep in mind, we are talking about a, a small, a small little area. So the first is Mitty Rivers. And they... A 74-year-old man who was, like, a veteran of, like, the civil fucking war. Old. Uh, He went into the woods of Glastonbury with a hunting party as a guide and simply vanished. His group alerted the fire chief immediately, and a search was launched to find the man, who was described in the newspapers as someone who, quote, knows the woods and trails in that vicinity very well, as he has hunted and fished in the area most of a period of years. Um, And... The group of hunters explained that Mitty was walking ahead of them as their guide as they all made their way back to camp and at one point rounded a corner and simply vanished from their sight. So despite nearly the entire town descending on the area to look for Mitty, literally no evidence of him was found and he was literally never seen again. How do we know he didn't just hate his family? Uh, He was 74 in like the early 1900s. Like the fact that he owned a gun... He was probably the fucking king of his house. You think? I think. Did I say 1700s? I meant like late 1800s. Did I say that? <laughs> TBI. <laughs> it doesn't Girl. matter. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but he just fucking vanished, you know? And people are like, uh, guess he's gone. Never seen again. Um, so about a year later, on December 1st, 1946, 18-year-old Paula Weldon was seen for the last time. 
Multiple witnesses told authorities that Paula was seen hiking on the long trail. Well, that's literally the name of it, the long trail. <laughs> and there was a couple who had been hiking before her for some time, or been hiking uh, behind her for some time before she eventually fell out of sight. Nothing seemed strange about the afternoon until the next day the police were alerted when Paula failed to show up to any of her classes. And not wanting Paula to experience the same fate as Mitty Rivers, the town spared no expenses on finding her. They immediately formed a search party of over a thousand people and even recruited airplane surveillance, which is like pretty impressive for like 1946, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, a $5,000 reward for information was posted and even the FBI got involved. And since the Vermont State Police did not exist at the time, New York, Massachusetts, and Connecticut sent their police forces over to help with the search for Paula. So they definitely had the staff to find her. And it was during their interviews that they got some, like, very, very strange feedback. Paula was spotted multiple times during the time she went missing, and the witnesses were adamant. They described what Paula was wearing down to, like, the fucking stitching in her parka. And That's a little it, much. You know when well, people um, are so, like, you know it's a lie when they're too descriptive? That's what this feels like. Maybe. Or they're like, no, I saw this girl. This is what she's wearing. This is what she looks like. 100% was Paula. Here's where it gets a little weird, though. Okay. Uh, she was spotted a whopping 277 miles away at the end of the long trail in Massachusetts. Um, little, little weird because the people who were investigate who like helped with the search were like, we saw her. They had nothing to gain from it, and also could not explain how Paula would have made that 277 mile jump. And um. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah, fine. I'll accept it. Sure. And everybody was invested in Paula's disappearance. Even the newspapers hired private eye investigators. And the FBI and police looked into all of the witness accounts and even utilized, like, brand new lie detector technology at the time. And they found fucking nothing. So even if a witness in Massachusetts is lying, like, it's weird that someone can just go missing literally in the middle of the day on a popular hiking trail that other people are on. I mean, it happens all the time, but go off. It, it, it happens, but they're usually found. Like, people yeah. get lost all the time, but it's rare that they're not found. Especially in an area that's like, this is in the middle of fucking nowhere, really. It's like, it's like a city in Vermont. It's like where you and I live, where we could or hop, skip, and a jump to the mountains at any time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So another girl right. named Catherine Hull was spotted in that area hitchhiking um, sometime later. And seven years after she went missing, her skull was found by a group of hunters and nothing else. Um, about 70 miles away from that disappearance, 10-year-old Connie Smith was at a summer camp when she turned up missing. This, this part is awesome. Uh, so strap onto your butthole. Because strangely enough... Yeah. Her father consulted a horse mystic. And I know what you're what? thinking, Noelle. You're like, what does a mystic know about horses? What and is a I, horse mystic? Yeah, I would slap you so hard if we were in the same room right now. Because I'm not talking about a horse mystic. I'm talking about a horse, horse. mystic. I'm talking about Mr. Ed with psychic powers. A literal animal horse mystic. Not a human. Oh. Horse mystic then the horse's how, name was lady wonder how uh how 
How? I'm glad you ask. I'm glad you asked. Well, <laughs> Lady Wonder would solve mysteries by kind of just mashing her cute little horse snout on a typewriter, and the words that came out would help solve mysteries. Shut the fuck up. I won't. And neither will Lady Wonder, who, despite her best efforts, uh, Connie was never seen again. Yeah, no shit, huh? The horse um, didn't type it out? Yeah, so rip Lady Wonder. Wait, do you know if there's... Did Lady Wonder actually solve a crime with her typewriting? You know what? Doubt it, right? I'm going to do Lady doubt Wonder. It. We should do an episode about it. Yeah, Lady okay, don't Wonder look it up. Don't look it up. Don't look it up. Horse. Okay, well, no, good. My keyboard isn't... My keyboard isn't plugged in anyway, so I was typing nothing. Good. Um... Just, I produced the same amount of results as Lady Wonder probably did for the Connie missing. Uh, probably. That's what you should so, add to your uh, bio. Yeah. <laughs> I'm famed horse mistake. Um, <laughs> three <laughs> years to the day that Paula went missing, the family of a man named James Tedford reported him missing as well. And there really wasn't much to James that would make him remarkable. He was a war veteran. Ouch. Ouch. Yeah, well, you know, he was just like a war veteran. He had like a just a regular job. He was just like a nine to five uh, Steve Corps. Uh, and he okay. was married at one point to a woman named Pearl, who one day was on her way to the Amoco market when she fucking vanished into thin air. Literally never seen again. But this isn't about her. It's about okay. James. And okay. James was about to follow fucking suit of his wife, Pearl. Damn. You see... James boarded a bus in St. Albans a few days before his disappearance, but was gone by the time he reached the bus reached its destination. Fourteen other passengers and the bus driver all testified to seeing James on the bus with them up to their destination in Bennington. They described his outfit, his demeanor. They were like, no, he was absolutely asleep. There's no, we didn't make any stops from here to Bennington. He was fucking on this bus. By the time the bus got to Bennington and opened its doors to let the passengers off, the only thing that showed that James was ever there to begin with was his luggage and an open bus timetable, which was laid near, like, neatly on his empty seat. Um, Never seen again. I mean, it's tough because, you know, like, these, this timeline is just a time when people would leave, just leave their families. They would just up and leave, and they would just disappear. They would say, I don't like my life anymore, and they would just vanish. Like, I don't even know if they had social security numbers back then. No one had a phone. If you wanted to vanish, all you had to do was walk out your front door and tell nobody. And if you wanted to make oh, yeah. it ominous, you could just, like, leave a fucking suitcase around on a newspaper right. with some I words you. circled. You know, that's well, all I'm saying. Let's fucking, let's give more examples then. Please. You, you fucking joke. Please. All right. All right. So it was only a year later that another person would go missing. Uh, so little Paul Jepson's mother was doing her chores around their farm while eight-year-old Paul played nearby. And as she fed the pigs, Paul's mother looked up, concerned that she could no longer hear him playing, and discovered that her son was nowhere to be seen. So she scoured mm -hmm. the area before calling the the police, who responded full fucking force with bloodhounds to track Paul's scent. They got as far as the base of Glastonbury Mountain, where the trail came to a crossroads, and the dogs lost Paul's scent. Forever. Uh, his mother, along with the rest of the family, would spend the rest of their fucking lives looking for Paul, but same as the other ones, literally zero shred of evidence was ever found. Yikes. 
Um, I mean, kids are easy to misplace, though. So, you know, sure. I bet that they he just got like, I don't know, adopted by another family and lived happily ever after. And that family also happened to be millionaires. So he like he inherited he a lot it. of money when they died. And then he grew up to be Jeff Bezos. Oh, my God. It all makes sense. That could be a timeline, actually. I know. Uh, well, it was less than a month later that 53-year-old Frida Langer would also vanish from this earthly plane. Um, Frida was with her family camping at Somerset Reservoir and had spent most of the time lounging with her husband because he had hurt his knee and wasn't really able to do anything fun. Like you. Yeah, exactly. So he just hung the fuck out in the campground with his wife, mm-hmm. Frida. Um, but at one point, like Frida was tired of being stuck to one spot. So she jumped at the opportunity to go on a short hike with her cousin. And as they walked along the trail, Frida slipped into a small creek and was annoyed that she had gotten a little wet. Yeah. Since they were still like, it was like still early enough. It was the middle of the day and they were still within earshot of the campground. So Frida was like, I'm just going to run back and change my clothes. I'll catch up with you real quick after. So Frida's cousin waited just as her husband did. Except nobody, Frida never came back to the campground. Well, maybe it's because she uh, left her husband there all alone. And that was not cool of her. And so maybe she deserves her husband to get a little wet. Murdered her. Yep. Well, she disappeared within earshot of her cousin and her husband. Um, What is strange with Frida is that she was found. Um, But just like our missing 411 episode, Frida was found completely naked in an area that had already been searched multiple times. And it wasn't an area like she was leaning against a tree in a super obscure place. She was found in like a quarry that was flat and no water whatsoever. Why is it always a fucking rock quarry? Like for Dude, real? Because where the aliens go. Oh, okay, 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 okay. But yeah, that takes out. That she sense. was in such advanced stages of decomposition that it was impossible to determine. Her oh, body. I don't know why I thought she was going to be alive. No, oh, no she was dead and rotted. Damn. Okay, R.I.P. So here's another story, again, from obscure Vermont about another disappearance. Um, 37-year-old Carl Herrick went hunting in the woods of West Townshed, about 10 miles northeast of Glastonbury. I know Townshed, Vermont. Do you? Have you been there? Yeah, it's where my aunt lives. Oh, fun. Is she cool? She should go here. Do you hate her? Tell her to not go there. Yeah. Well, if you hate her, tell her to go there. Yeah, she's not uh, she's not a good person. She's mean to my mom, so <gasps> my mom is a fucking, fucking saint. saint. Exactly. Saint. Exactly. If you're mean to my mom, you're gonna catch the fucking smoke. You're gonna catch the fucking <laughs> smoke, baby. I'll fucking I'm pop you with a tire iron in front of your fucking kids. I'll, I'll do it. them for generations. I'll yeah. shrivel up at the uterus of the hope you ever had of having a happy fucking family. Don't yeah. disrespect Amy or I'll slit your fucking throat and I'll drink Not the in this blood. House. Exactly. Not in this house. Not Never. in this house. So yeah, anyway. I know anyway. Townshead Vermont. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so this guy went hunting there. And at some point during the hunt, Herrick and his cousin Henry were separated. And Henry eventually made it back to camp, but Carl never showed up. Obviously. And as dusk began to fall and Carl still hadn't arrived, Henry immediately contacted law enforcement just as the snow began to fall. And the search for Carl lasted for three days, whereas they didn't find a fucking trace of him. But towards dusk on the third day, Henry stumbled upon Carl's body. 
He was laying Ooh. on the ground in the woods, also, motionless. Yeah. Do you ever, when people say stumble, do you think that they really meant like trip? I, I do. On a dead body. Only I, that's because, what I envision. Uh, my mom's best friend, husband, was like a search and rescue dude. And he had these two big, like, Irish wolfhounds that would also help him on the search and rescues. And he had to go find, like, a little boy. It was, like, a six-year-old who, like, wandered out of the truck. It was, like, huge news in Utah, like, two decades ago. But the little boy was, like, so compacted in the snow that as he was walking, he literally tripped over him. It do be like that. Yeah, because the snow was soft and fluffy, and the little boy was cold and dead. Yeah. (laughs) Clip that. Clip that. it. But so he was laying, so this guy, Carl, was laying on the ground in the woods, motionless, and his loaded rifle was found leaning against a tree 70 feet away. And Henry reported finding huge bear tracks around Carl's body, but the official postmortem was baffling because Carl, or Carl Henrik, was not killed and eaten by a bear. Yeah, I would also say I found uh, bear, bear prints or whatever if I was around someone when a brutal murder happened. Sure. But if you look, let's look into the reason, like the cause of Carl's death. He was fucking squeezed to death. Oh, okay. That's like, how I you feel. Don't, by this friendship, yeah, I'll smother you, ho. <laughs> no, uh, that's like, when, everyone, when anyone, someone tries to hug me, I, I feel like I'm gay. Squeezed. squeezed to death. You're like, you're pulling a Carl. Ugh. Dude, that's weird, right? Like, literally. That is a little weird. To death. Uh, also, how do they know that, like, medically? Like, how is the doctor like, it looks like he died oh, from being perfect. squeezed to death? He was crushed from the outside in. So, you think you so I actually needed that. Thank you for clarifying. Oh, yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> um, his body was intact, but his insides were, like, crunched like a beard. Yeah. Okay. And it's really easy to dismiss these disappearances like Noelle always fucking tries to do in Right Out My Parade. I'm not. Um, because she wants to just be like the rest of you and say that it's something completely mundane because as soon as we hear the, wood, the, hear the word woods, we just want to think of vast expanses of area with thousands of places to go missing. But yeah. we gotta look at the area, Noelle. These okay. were trails, campgrounds. Yeah hunting areas places where people go every fucking day and if someone does go missing it isn't for long except for those first few people who were never found but go well, off enough people for it to be called the triangle i didn't even <laughs> include everybody okay. i include like the funnest ones yeah these were fun i don't fun. i just you know it's just sometimes it's hard for me when people go missing in the forest because that's almost like what forests are built to do. Yeah. It would be like, I feel like if I like pointed you at Pineview and I'd be like, go missing, you'd be like, how? It's like areas like that, man. I feel like I could. I feel like I could though. Have you been to Pineview? If have you been anywhere without a phone? I can't even go to Taco <laughs> Bell right. down no, the you're street, right. bitch. You're We're right. gone. We're well, gone. I'm not even going to argue because, like, That's, I yeah. still don't know where I live. I don't mm-hmm. know my address. I mm-hmm. don't know my partner's phone number. Yep. I am fucked. Yeah, I have to look up my fucking home address and my phone notes anytime, every time. I can't. I can't remember if I'm, like, northeast or east-north. East-north doesn't make sense to me, but that's somehow what it fucking is. 
Yeah, I have no. I always thought it was no. north south, and then the east west was the secondary, but it's flipped where I am, and it confuses me. I don't even know what you said and what it means. Good, but it, did you shouldn't. <laughs> Direction. I somehow, I somehow ended up six miles away from my computer while we were talking about it, and I don't know how to get home. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. So you're right. We should just end the episode now. Um, <laughs> but it is really. I don't know. Let's just talk about what it could be. Yeah. Okay, please. So, please. It could be that it's very, it's actually, surprisingly, unfortunately, very easy to go missing. No, you're but right. But in the off case that that is not it, let's hear what else it yes, could be. Yes, thank you. So, first, the people who went missing had little to nothing in common, except they all went missing in early winter in the middle of the fucking day. Um, so it could be a, ser- a serial killer with that MO, but it doesn't really fit serial killer vibes in the sense that they, you know, they're all a little bit different. Um, yeah, there's no pattern. No real pattern, yeah. Um, and the Bennington monster is fun to blame because as recent as 2003, I don't know if 2003 counts as recent anymore. 2003 is no longer recent. I recent, hate to say it. As recent as this century. The area has had <laughs> official yep. sightings of something in the woods sounding like Bigfoot. UFO abductions are also popular, especially since Native Americans in that area reported a history of strange lights in the sky. And one of my personal favorite people, John Keel, author, uh, claims that the area sounds more like what he designates as a window area, which is essentially an interdimensional doorway. I.e. a vortex or yeah. a wormhole into another world. I do like that one. That's the one that you also got it. on because of the uh, missing 411 episodes about like the stairs leading to nowhere. That's, you know, that's Dude, where I remember I'm, your thing. I'll fucking buy this hook, line, and sinker because I guarantee some weird interdimensional stuff is going to be what is released in the disclosure. They're going to be like, oh, it's stuff that we can't see because it's in a different like prism of light. Oh yeah, you, you want to know you want to know some realness that I came to terms with speaking of exactly what you're saying. So like this is going to sound so fucking LSD and I apologize severely. I don't I don't want to come off Joe Rogany, but all I'm saying is I had this thought, right? Because sometimes things like wormholes or vortexes, they just my brain immediately goes sci-fi and checks out, right? Sure. But those are real within our universe, within our galaxy. Like, those are real things going on all around us, right? Absolutely. Why am I excluding us, a planet in the solar system, in our galaxy, in our universe, why am I excluding us from that reality? Why am I like, oh, no, that can exist everywhere else besides here? That's crazy. That's crazy. That's the same logic that people who are like, you know, aliens aren't real. That's like you truly think that you are so significant and important that you're the only thing. It's like, no, that's cuckoo bananas. That's that ain't it. You know, like it's the same thing. I literally had to like come to terms with that, that Earth is not excluded from the outer space chaos of the cosmos like sure that could be fucking real like you know i just it's like you're got like a cognitive cognitive dissonance where you're like it's everywhere but here truly yeah um which i feel bad for you it's a tough pill to swallow you need to start Um, swallowing the pill 
I or a suppository. Man, a suppository might be easier for me at this point. Just chew it. I chew it. You are. The, I know. You're gonna you drink a lot of like wine with it, and then it like the 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 burning of the medicine doesn't. No. Yep. Um, and you know, New England has plenty of these so-called like interdimensional doorways. Also, you know, sometimes there are pills that you shouldn't be chewing because their whole entire purpose and the way that they work is to dissolve slowly in your stomach over time. I do know that. Uh, There are a few that I have like chewed and they've like fucked up my mouth. Like, turned my mouth into like one giant like fissure sore. I bet. Have you tried just like hiding it in peanut butter like a dog? Yeah. No, I've tried a lot of different things. Um, But here's the thing is most medication comes in a liquid or a way to inject it like intravenously. Here's the here's the thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you tell a doctor that you have like problems with swallowing pills they get the biggest fuck you boner in the world and they prescribe you pills. Um, the <laughs> fact, you know what I mean? Like I was I on mean, these that's giant experience with doctors and I'm, right. I don't even think you've ever gone to a real doctor. Honestly, I just, I just think you found a man off of Craigslist yeah. who put up a bunch of post notes. that spelled out yell, Yeah. I just yell in an old coat and then I feel worse after. And then I try yeah. to review them on Yelp and I give up. Yep. Um, but yeah, I have had that happen. Um, I think, God, what's the worst one? I don't know. Those like break open tablets. Yeah. Those are pretty bad. Vitamins are the worst. Those vitamins that like come in like the huge, huge plastic pill capsules. Yeah. You just need to get yourself right, dude. You need to figure it out. You need to get, you need to go get one of the pill swallowing things that they give dogs. You need to get yourself one of those. I have tried. One time I I was having like one of my headaches and I have to take like a, I have to take a pill when one of my like headaches happen, like once my vision goes out so that it Mm -hmm. stops it. And one time I was freaking out because they were like, take the pill and I refused to take it. So my dad like held me down and with one single finger, like, like reverse gagged it down my throat. Right. Like he just went like, and like (laughs) judo (laughs) the pill all the way down to my throat Incredible and with disdain. I made eye contact with him, and he goes, "Don't you throw it up?" And I fucking just projectile vomited it out. My body will Did not you really accept. My body will not accept anything that I haven't chewed. There's something so wrong with you. It's like an OCD. It's an OCD thing. I don't eat in the center of my like. I don't swallow from the center of my mouth either. I have to like squish things into the very furthest back crevasses of my mouth and i have to use my tongue to gently squeeze it dude i choke all the fucking time (laughs) the fear fear is if i swallow head on i will choke like this is the nature of my disease and then i have to watch these fucking tiktokers straighten their hairsprays and go i have ocd Meanwhile, I am suffering here. Um, <laughs> yeah, it. you're not wrong. You're, yeah. You sure fucking are. Well, so, you know what? Maybe you should t- get medicated about it. Oh, you can't because you can't swallow pills. <laughs> well, I'm already medicated, but I I break open the caplet and then I eat the pill. See, that's why you're still that's why you're still fucked up because you're not really doing it right. It makes Probably. sense. Probably, but you're the only- nice thing is, is 
that I have these, I have like tons of tiny little empty caplet pills around because I open it up, pour the medicine into my mouth, and then I close the caplet. Oh, you could do that for microdosing mushrooms. Oh, good. Well, the fun thing with that is, is sometimes like the pill will fall off of my desk and Puffin will get it. And it looks like he has an SNRI stuck to his lip. It's very cute. Maybe don't let the dog eat the empty well, it's, pill capsules. No, right. It just, you know, it's you an know. empty piece of plastic. Okay. But so, it does cause a moment of terror. Yeah. Um, he doesn't try to eat them. They just get stuck to his lip as he is sniffing. I don't think they smell good. Okay. He only I'll eats rotten poison. Okay. <laughs> oh, um, an event that I still have not financially recovered from. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> fucking New England has a lot of these window areas. And there's something called the Bridgewater Triangle in Massachusetts. I know about it. Know and, her. Yep. And the summit of Mount Washington. Hell, Noel. It could even be fairies. Uh-huh. I'm being serious, though, because yeah, I know you are. there are stone cairns everywhere in the Glastonbury Mountains, and they look like fairy circles. And you're like, yeah, any fucking idiot can do a fairy circle. Um, the interesting thing with these ones, however, is the stone circles are built up under the trees. Wah, wah, wah. So the tree is literally on stacks and stacks and stacks of these perfectly cylindrical rocks. Almost as if it's growing out of a well. I love that for them. Isn't it neat? I do. I do. I do like that. I'm going with a vortex wormhole because like, I just am coming to terms with that. But I, the fairy one like is cute, it. too. It is cute. I like that one the most, but I think it's probably a wormhole. Um, I refuse to believe in anything that isn't a wormhole. Or yeah, I mean, I if I, you know, like I said, very easy to get lost. Uh, try it. Uh, watch it happen in real time. But also a vortex, maybe, possibly. Yeah. And let's just let's just consider this. People always want to talk about haunted areas, and then you go there, and it's like a population boom zone you know what i mean like people are like oh the the ben lomond hotel is like fucking haunted and then you go there and there's like a starbucks across the street and yeah. you go to the ben lomond and they have like a mccool's inside the lobby and you're like oh what, yeah. man like, has been what? yeah what is this so, haunted by but here here's the thing with glastonbury they do have a population of people who are willing to put up the with the strangeness their population is a whopping eight. See, that's how I believe. That's how I yeah, believe. Yeah. Literally, Ripley's, believe it or not, and we smallest believe. fucking town. Yep. Eight. Wow. Wow. Just go everyone to town. Well, everyone else got the fuck out. Yeah. Yeah, what are those eight up to? Nothing fucking good. Nothing no. good. It's like Honey Boo Boo's mom and all of the people <laughs> with now. Yeah, it's true. That's valid. Good for them. They're the monsters eating people. Yeah. And oh, uh, thank you. I have some sources. One was the archives library of WS or WCSU. Uh, the obscure Vermont. The Passamaquoddypeople.com. And Listverse, believe it or not. List first. Shout out list first. Shout out. Yeah, they had good information that led me to other information, so I thought I'd give them a shousy shows. I love and that. Noel. 
is the Bennington Triangle. We learned so much today. Yeah. Thank you. The Bennington Triangle of people who may or may not have just never wanted to be seen again. Or are still walking the trail to this day, unaware that time has passed at all. Ooh, that's fun. They're just going to pop out in 50 years and still look oh the exact God, same. So fucking cool. That would be cool. Um, okay. Well, thank you so much for carrying this episode. I appreciate it. I've developed more emotional baggage, um, both for the fact <laughs> that vortexes are real and you can't swallow pills. Um, but I would like to say, um, you know, I don't mean to rain on your parade, but... I had to just cash in this mad fat dub I got for um, absolutely bodying you in the charity stick- sticker Fuck. war. Dude, I just want to so, know who bought 20 stickers back to back. I want to fucking know. I was honestly it think mom? it was... No, it wasn't my mom. She wouldn't. Wait, before <laughs> you tell me who you think it was, do you want to know who Oliver said it was? Who? He said, I bet it was fucking Kari. And I said, how do you know you've never met Kari? And he goes, because all you fucking tell me about her is that she's a supportive-ass bitch who would do something, like support her friend's fucking sticker war. And I was here's, like, damn it, it was probably here's Kari. The here's the thing. Kari's too forgetful. It was not Kari. I know that for sure. I think it was maybe your mom. No, it's not my mom or Kari. I definitely know that for sure. Um, I think it was... I. I honestly even thought it was two separate people. Um, uh-huh. But I have, I genuinely have no clue. I planned on asking Kelly for that information. I don't know if she's allowed to. I don't know if there's like a doctor patient confidentiality, Dude. but fuck, um, fucking fuck. Who? Well, yeah. not only did like, so I, one or potentially two people brought me back in the game. And then the moment I said that, the moment I said, there's the finish line. We're so close. It was less than five minutes. They were sold out. Dude. To the point where I had to go back and delete the post. I was so fucking close. The sustainability. My precious father, did I tell you, he just like gave my sister $3. And he's like, that's for Chelsea's sticker. And I'm like, that's not how the internet works. He tried. He did. Well, did he? Uh, Because he ordered (laughs) tithes off the internet all the time. Um, I mean, yeah. So close. It's hard to be like bitter. But I am. I know. Um, but it's, it's like hard to be all bitter. the money went to Trevor Project. Yeah, during Pride Month, you can't beat it. Um, I think like now more than ever, it, it's such a timely thing, um, especially for uh, locals. Um, all of these horrific stories are coming out about um, Skybar. So, yeah, the whole incident at Skybar where they physically assaulted and verbally assaulted um, some people during pride, um, transphobic, homophobic, um, racist things. Um, but between that and there are also, uh, same sex couples who have chosen to go back to church to mend, you know, like family relations and, you know, have a relationship with God. That sounds kind of counterintuitive, but if you grew up in Utah and you grew up Mormon and, you know, even though you're in a married relationship with a man, you still want to, you know, go to church whatever and the church was saying that that wasn't a problem turns out um now that covid's apparently over it is a problem for them and these people are being excommunicated so i think it's like now more than ever the perfect time 
to not yeah. only donate to the Trevor Project, which is literally saving lives of our LGBTQ plus youth every day and, you know, people who have gone through conversion therapy, people who are having their livelihoods threatened by being kicked out of their family. But also, most importantly, it's it's a perfect time to say, I killed God. Um, I will still say, I think that I'm willing to settle the Jared Leto, like Ben Affleck thing, but I will never stop fighting for dogs going to heaven. You can um, fight all you want. You got yeah, to take that up with the big man upstairs. Fair. That's, that's um, his thing. But I am glad that people supported the sticker war. Like literally a hundred percent of the money went in. Like Kelly was really gracious to donate the time she put into making those stickers. Um, normally like when we commission art, we, obviously would pay the artist. Um, Kelly donated that fund. And then um, we worked together on paying the back end sticker costs, like to order them. So literally hundred percent of proceeds went in and the Trevor yep. project, like there's nothing bad to say about the Trevor project. Um, my charity pause uh, with a cause was just to train um, service animals for people who need them and can't afford them. But which I don't know. Animal charities are always a good thing, but I think right now it's important to focus on Trevor Project. And for locals in the area, maybe don't go to Sky Bar. It does not seem yeah. like it is a safe and accepting place. Um, Do not. It, the just the accounts that I've been reading, uh, it seems like it's just uh, basically it's, the it's Wild more, West. It's dangerous. Yeah. yeah, it's genuinely dangerous, and especially if you find yourself a part of, around, or in a queer community or space. Like I'm literally telling you, do not go to Sky Bar. It's unfortunate because there's a Venn diagram of the people that go there, since it is a like they do hold a lot of like EDM concerts. Um, just reach out to the artists who are performing there. Um, ask, request, politely share the stories so that they will potentially look for a different venue. Um, don't support them. It's every, everything that's gone on is disgusting. And I, I really like, I am at a loss for words um, for their response and continual, you know, like homophobia and hatefulness right. and violence, true violence. Um, so yeah, fuck them. Don't go to sky bar. Um, thanks for supporting the charity war. Um, thank you for once again reigning me the title champion. Um, I yeah, thanks to that one person no with way. disposable income. Fuck you. Also, thank you. Yeah, absolute uh, royalty out there. Um, <laughs> now, more than ever and always, I want to say hail Satan. Hail John Keel.